Hello and welcome to Super Cool Radio. I'm your host, Matthew Thomas. If you think I look a bit odd, it's because I ate a bowl of Lucky Charms and I turned into a big Irish guy. Joke. <laughs> I'm Brian from Concerts That Made Us and Matthew was nice enough to ask me to guest host this episode to give some important updates about Super Cool Radio and the future. So I'm excited to dive in. Matthew, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I, I appreciate you know I had when I was thinking of like how I wanted to present this. You were the like the first person that came to mind that I was like I want because instead of just doing a video, I thought that would be kind of like just you know boring that it's just me talking to a camera. So it's nice to have someone who I, I know is a friend of mine and I trust uh, to be hosting this interview. So it's awesome to see you. Thank you, Matthew. It's a, an absolute honor, and I'm delighted I was the first person you thought of. It's a an honor and a pleasure. So, how has life been with you lately? Um, you have some, uh, you have some health updates. I did. So yeah, this year was definitely a little bit challenging, uh, especially with uh, my health. I had a few things I've had to take care of. That's why if you haven't seen me as active either on social media or uh, on interviews or in person interviews at concerts. So uh, back in, well, actually before that. So um, earlier this year, like February March, I got. Um, my uh, my I had some jaw issues. I kept having pain on my right side, so I was like, I should get this checked out. I already knew that I kind of had an underbite with my teeth, but I was like, oh, maybe it's not horrible, and they could just do something real quick to fix it. That's not the case, uh, unfortunately. Um, so when we were going through that process of determining like what I need, um, they also determined and found that um, I had a sinus that was clogged. That was just forever clogged for however long. So I had to get sinus surgery back in May. Okay. So I did not really make that public. I think I did talk about it briefly in a video that I made, but uh, I didn't really talk about it publicly. So I had that in May. I, I was down for probably, about, it was about total of five weeks and then it was motoblot. So end of May I had my surgery and then I had motoblot. I did do a few in-person interviews in between that time when I started feeling good. Uh, but yeah, that really kind of knocked me out a little bit. Just uh, I finally felt back in like August that I finally hit my uh, stride again mm. with that. So I finally was like, I felt fully like mentally and physically like recovered from that. So that was cool. So I'm glad I, I had it done. I'm breathing easier now. I, I don't have that problem anymore. So uh, they did a great job with anything. Like the whole surgery was like 15 minutes. So like wasn't a very invasive surgery. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's now, great to hear that you're back to 100. percent No, I, I'm glad. I, I feel, and I'm really trying to work out. I'm trying to lose some more weight. Um, I've been working out almost every day. Um, you know, um, and I'm starting to lift again because I wasn't for a while because I had some neck issues that I, I've been uh, dealing with um, that have progressively gotten easier. So yeah, I just just like a white, walking like biohazard at some point. <laughs> but. Right. The, the big thing, um, so obviously as people see in my recent interviews, I now have braces. Uh, so this is the first step of correcting my bite and my jaw. Uh, and then soon coming up, by the time this interview comes out, I already have this. Uh, I have, have to get an expander uh, actually drilled into my palate for stays. Uh, yeah, it sounds horrible and I'm definitely not looking forward to it. So by the time you see this interview, if you want, just send me some well wishes. I'm probably going to need it. Um, because, um, so my jaws don't line up is why I'm getting pain and having issues. Um, it's also affecting my breathing still. Like obviously I fixed one part of the breathing, but I still need to fix the you know, 
um, other the other part. So that is, the whole process is going to be about two years. Um, yeah, it's going to be kind of long, but the way I'm looking at it is like, I know it's going to be a short period of time because after that, I should be set and um, I shouldn't have any issues. So I might not be as active going forward because of this, but I was, I was already kind of telling you my plans. Um, so still some, st I'm not going to like fully like, you know, give up in the two years or anything like that, but um, it will be scaled back. Hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. And you know, at the end of it, it will be so worth it. You know, you won't know yourself. You'll be, you know, 100%. Be like a new man. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, between that and also, um, I'm starting schooling again, coming up in January. Uh, I want to finish my four-year degree because a lot of the jobs I've been looking at, unfortunately, do require a four-year degree, and that is something I do not have at this time. So doing the schooling and the health, that's kind of why I've been you know, looking to scale stuff back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. You'd have to really, though, you know, I, for one, know how much time goes into a podcast, especially an interview podcast, and leaves very little time to do anything else you know especially if you had to contend with going to college or working a full-time job like that leaves what like 10 percent of your day to work on a podcast if even most days probably you don't have time well with that or you just don't feel like it that's yeah. the other side of it yeah I, i've had that a few times too where it's like i know i gotta get this done but like you just don't feel like and i'd rather be like 100% focused on something, then like, I just don't care. Because then the work and the quality suffers. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing you don't want. Exactly. Especially when you've set the bar so high. And this past summer, you were doing something pretty, pretty cool. Well, I think it's cool anyway, because we don't have such a thing in Ireland, but uh, you spent the summer working with the South Bend Cubs. What was that like, and you know, what did you learn? All right, so yeah, so this the hat I'm representing is the South Bend Cubs, uh, their their American um, hat, which is uh, just my favorite design by them. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But yes, yeah, so uh, back in April, I um, got accepted and um, started working for the South Bend Cubs, which was honestly it was the most um, coolest and uh, just fantastic job I've ever had, and um, it was just so cool that because um, I really liked baseball growing up. And I kind of got out of it for a little bit. But then my one friend said, hey, they're hiring. You should check out and see what they have to offer. So the one position that I, I did apply for was their promotions team, which was so much fun because uh, I got to work. They do like these game shows in between the innings. So I would find the contestants for it. And I would like, you know, kind of say, hey, this is what you're going to do. Hmm. And um, it was just so much fun just interacting with people, getting that kind of like that one-on-one, -on -one, just, you know, and then like while we're staging, like, hey, so how are you enjoying the game or how's it going? And you just get to meet them and, you know, um, get to know them better that way as well. And my favorite, though, I was, um, I got to, when I wasn't doing any of the game shows, uh, I got to be on the dugout and, I'm, and I was like hyping up the crowd, like, come on, let's go. Cubs are down. We need one more run or something like that. And like when I'm on the dugout, just getting the crowd into it, it was, it's an amazing experience. It's that live crowd energy. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> There's no better man for it as well. Your energy and your, your experience with the podcast. How do you think the podcast or the history of the podcast played into making you so perfect for the job? Uh, just having, just being energetic and just being able to just um, articulate stuff to people. I think that was the two biggest things, just, being excited that I wanted to be there, which I'm always am because it's fun, but, but also knowing 
how to make that connection with people, you know, just uh, or just how to greet them, you know, like, hey, how's it going? Hey, are you enjoying the game? Anything like that? And I think just it just helps just being able to have conversation with people that you never met before, which is kind of what we do when yeah. we interview people, because some people I know that for me personally, and probably for you that we've never met before, but yeah, we have to do this interview. And I, you know, we get to know each other just as we're going. Yeah. You have to build a rapport and make it seem like you talk to each other every day and have a, have a laugh with them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, my, my favorite part from that was just being on the dugouts and getting the crowd into, it, especially if the Cubs like winning or losing, just getting that crowd into it. my, my favorite, uh, one, one of my favorite moments was um, the, the Cubs were down quite a bit of runs, and um, but it was a firework night, so people were staying, but you could tell they weren't really happy because the Cubs were losing pretty good. So um, the home or the away team, I forget who they were playing, but the away team was winning and uh, they were up batting. So um, I was like, I want to get the crowd into this. So I get on the dugout and I go, cheer if you want this inning to be over, and everybody cheered. <laughs> So you got to be clever with that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Have to be able to think on the spot. But here's an interesting one now. What is there anything you've learned from that job that improves the podcast? Getting to know people, um, just like just on the fly. I think just just helps. Just being quick on your feet, like just as I just described, knowing when to do that, and um, just like I, I've had to set up stuff very quickly. Okay, like, hey, this person's in this section. I have to go grab them. I got to get the game show stuff ready. And I think that helped me, like just doing stuff like um, when I do my fe music festivals, got to set up and tear down very quickly with the equipment. So I think that just knowing that, um, just that pacing, just like, hey, you got to get all this set up real quick. Hey, I got I got to get this game show set up really quick. I think that that really helped me, like with the in person interviews. Yeah, yeah, it would it would. And, you know, with so much happening in the future, what does this mean for Super Cool Radio? So, as I was kind of been alluding to, you know, obviously speaking earlier with my health and going back to school, um, obviously I'm going to be scaling stuff back. Like obviously this season I still have some interviews that I'm going to be doing and um, do have some uh, in-person ones that I actually have, which I will be talking about soon because they're incredible moments for me. But yeah, going forward, I'm going to still try to be as active as I can be, you know, knowing the time and uh, health. But there won't be like, I've been releasing like two or three interviews a week going forward, you know, with, with this season. I'm going to try to do maybe at the most one a week and probably maybe one every two weeks. You know, I'll still be active as much as I can be. But I, I mean, I probably will be taking a hiatus for like December, January, maybe into February, depending on what's happening and maybe some stuff might come up that maybe surprise me and will surprise the audience but yeah i wouldn't um expect the weekly content you've been seeing every like every week to like continue at this time yeah yeah as we said earlier on you wouldn't be physically able but uh i had a feeling though i was i was thinking to myself there's no way he's going to say it's ending it's finished completely because I would bet like a million dollars that there's no possible way you would be able to give it up. You know, even if you had to, you'd give it up and a week later you'd be like, okay, I'm back guys, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I was honestly heavily debating it for a while and I know we talked probably what, last month or something like mm -hmm. that and I, and that's kind of when stuff was like, hey, I, you know, might be wrapping stuff up, but then I got some great opportunities, you know, end of September, beginning of October, they were like, kind of reminded me why I do this. 
Mm-hmm. And that I think is kind of what I needed at that time. Like, obviously, yeah, I'm not going to be given up. You know, Super Cool Radio will still be active, but going forward with everything, it just won't be like, as I like. I want to, my appearances, either in person or digitally, I kind of want to save those. I kind of want it to be a you know, special occasion every time I do an interview. Mm, yeah, I got you. I got you. And, you know, jumping back then, because I suppose not the end, but it's a, a major milestone now that things are changing. But jumping back, what? led to your decision to start SEO. So going back, uh, it was uh, like, it was early 2019. So you know, almost five years at this point. Um, so it was really two things. Uh, one, I was listening to the local radio station here in South Bend and they kept playing just the same stuff you would hear, you know, Metallica, Green Day, uh, Disturbed, you know, nothing wrong with those bands, but you'd hear like the same stuff every day. Hmm. You know, similar kind of mainstream bands like that. And I was like, man, what would be something cool if like a band played like Alice Cooper, or Iggy Pop, or Motorhead, you know, bands you won't hear on the radio for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what if I'll just do it myself because it's totally easy. I don't need any experience. <laughs> uh, you know, thinking, you know, when you're 21, like, oh, I could do anything, uh, which eh, to some degree I think I could. But, um, so that was one part. That was like the first part. I was like, I want to do it because I want to at least try it and uh, mm. see what happens. Just going into something with no experience, I want to see how well I do. Mm. And then the second part was uh, just with my job. I was like, man, it's really stressful working on cars and stuff. And, my, and I was talking to my, my one friend who was actually my – I worked with him at that time. He was my mentor when I was going through the schooling for automotive. He's like, dude, you got to find something outside of work that's not related that you can just have fun with. Because, like, if you just focus on work, you're just going to burn yourself out. So, like, that's pretty good advice. So, I was like, I already had that idea of the radio show in mind. And then he's like, he told me that. And I kind of put the pieces together. And it's like, yeah, that would, I think that would work. And I think that would at least be fun. Even if I completely fail at it, I at least want to say I got, I gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. So, that's how, that was the, the two, like, um, things that, like, really made me want to start this. I like it. I like it. What do you think the legacy of SER is then? My legacy, and I hope it's true, that anyone I interviewed, that they walked away with a positive experience. They're like, or anyone watching or listening to the interview is like, man, that was a good interview, or that was fun, or I learned so much about one of my favorite musicians. Mm. That's kind of what I want the legacy to be. It's a good one. It's a good one. You can't ask for much better than that. And an interesting one now, what would match you from back at the start, said to Matthew now if he could see the success of the show. That's a good one because I don't think Matthew at 21 would have fathomed what I've done since then in these almost five years uh, between interviewing Phil Lewis from LA Guns, which crossed my mind when I first started, but I was also like, man, that's never going to happen. And then it happened. Or interviewing Saliva and Drowning Pool at a show. Like stuff like that. I don't. I think I would have blew his mind, because uh, I just don't think back then that I had like the the whole like just big picture of hey I'm gonna be doing this in less than five years. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I I would have had so much of that insight and forethought to actually like think about it and actually say oh yeah that's totally doable. Because I again I just went into it just going hey it'll be fun to at least try some stuff and. Yeah. Just seeing where I've gone with that, it blows my mind. Like, I was just thinking about it before this interview. I, was, I wanted to get frames for some of my posters that I bought. I'm just going through. It's like, man, that was a fun show. Man, I got to interview that person on that show. Like, 
I've, I've retired two of my shirts <laughs> because I interviewed Bad Nerves at the Riviera Theater in Chicago, which was just amazing. They opened for Royal Blood, and I was at the I was in the photo pit, which is in between the barricade and the stage. I, I just turn, I look, and you just see all these people at the show in Chicago, and it's just like I, I like you had like kind of I had that kind of I don't know experience like um, it's real surreal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good way to describe it. Just you see all these people and you say, I'm pressed for this. I got to interview one of the bands at this show at this theater. It just, I, I really have no word just because it was just so cool. So that shirt, um, obviously, it's not really the design. It's the shirt itself because I have my press yeah. tags on it. I'm going to be framing it. Um, and I also have a signed set list from Bad Nerves. So I'm going to put that in there. I'm going to make a shadow box for it. So, um, so yeah, so you will see me with the same design, but it is not the same shirt. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was um, when I interviewed Saliva and Drowning Pool at Joliet uh, at the end of September. Uh, amazing time. I, um, I again, our American uh, listeners and watchers um, will know. Uh, so Route 66 is a historic. Uh, uh, yeah. Highway here in the U.S. It, uh, it, goes through Joliet. So I drove on that for a little bit. I got to stop at a, a historic ice cream stop, rich and creamy, had a Boston shake, which sounds kind of, it was really good. But the way I describe it to people, they just say, well, it's just two forms of ice cream. And it's a shake, which is ice cream. And then, and then a scoop of ice cream on top of the shake. So it's really just two forms of ice cream. <laughs> it was amazing. And I probably got diabetes from it. Um, <laughs> So I had that, and then I filmed my intro for the video at the Route 66 Park in Joliet, which is so much fun. I got a Route 66 pin from the uh, ice cream stop, so I wore that for the interviews. Um, and that was just so much fun. Of course, I had my press tag for Saliva and Drowning Pool on the shirt as well. And, of course, interviewed Bobby and uh, Ryan from Drowning Pool and uh, Saliva, respectively. Uh, so that shirt... Uh, Again, you'll probably see the design again, but it's not the same shirt because I'm also framing that one. <laughs> I wouldn't blame it. Two very nice mementos. And I suppose, you know, I'm sure the listeners are dying to know, who are your top five guests out of the hundreds you've interviewed? You know, before, again, before I start, I should say, I've loved like, all the guests I've had on. I've, I've loved because just I, I've had so much fun interviewing everybody. So, but if I had to break it down to the top five, number one, is the rumors they're just so much fun like they don't take themselves too seriously they're 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 goofy they're fun um and like i just never know what to expect every time i interview them so i think that that's just it's just fun it makes for a fun interview i can ask like fun questions i know they'll at least have some type of clever response for them yeah uh so that's definitely number one number two uh courtney Gaines. Uh, yeah i don't know if you're familiar with him yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously, Children of the Corn. You know, he had bit parts, and I think uh, Back to the Future. He was in the new GTA Online. Uh, he did voiceover acting for that. So, dude is just you know very accomplished with everything. And we just had a fun again for someone I've never met before that interview. We had a really great like conversation. And I you know I told him before I was like, hey, we'll go about thirty minutes. He's like, no, no, no. Let's go like let's go longer. Let's have a conversation. So I'm like, I like that. I like that because you know some people. You know, like, okay, 30 minutes, cool, and then they dip out. But, like, he mm -hmm. genuinely, like, was interested and he was authentic. I just had so much fun just, you know, interacting and, and interviewing him. Mm -hmm. So I, I love to have him on again sometime. I love to meet him in person, too, because the dude's so, just so cool. So hopefully I get that opportunity at some point, too. So that's number two. 
and then I would say um, for number three, I, you know, definitely probably just on the historic side, just, you know, um, I interviewed uh, Phil Lewis from LA Guns. Kind of self-explanatory just because Phil Lewis from LA Guns. Uh, something, again, I never thought would actually happen, and it did. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was just so cool. And I'm glad it actually worked out because I had to get a, a MRI for my face like an hour before the mm. interview. So I was like, I had to drive 30 minutes to do the MRI and then come back. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, hopefully it was quick. And it was. Yeah. I got back like with 20 minutes to spare. So I was like, so everything worked out. I'm glad it worked out. He was cool to, to interview because um, did you know, because he, he said this in uh, our, inter our my interview with him, that... Um, the, would you like to guess what song, L.A. Gun song, that causes the most fights in the audience? Causes the most fights in the audience. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. The Ballad of Jane. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, why do? You, what did they say? Why does it cause so many fights? He he doesn't know, but like he's like, yeah, we'll be singing the song, and then there's a fight going on in the second row. He doesn't know why it happens, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, that's like the song people fight to. <laughs> interesting interesting <laughs> so yeah i thought that that was just a fun fact i like to tell people now about la guns yeah. that's coming from phil himself so it's verified exactly exactly all right so that was number three uh number four i gotta say my friends kaleido i've interviewed them like i think five or six times at this point over the three or four years um they are an amazing live band and again just just so cool and authentic uh, to interview and again another band where I can ask like fun questions and like they'll have like a good response for them. and like they mm -hmm. actually like you know because so, you know some people like kind of just like stick to business but there's some who like if I ask like it's still a sort of music related question like you know some of the questions I ask mm -hmm. um, that they'll they'll at least have fun with it and they'll at least have a, a good answer for it they just really they really like having a conversation you know they're, they're really good like you know kind of carrying the conversation too so that's why I really like them and plus they're one of my favorite bands. Like I saw them live for the first time, I think back in 2019. I've been hooked ever since for the past four years. That leaves one more, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Number five. So I've been kind of debating going back and forth since I've been talking about this, but I gotta say, I think it's gotta be, and this one might surprise me, but it was uh, Andrew Hagar, Sammy Hagar's son. Hmm. Uh, he was just so cool and just like really chill. And just hearing about his experiences, because he didn't start as a musician. He was uh, into mixed martial arts for a while. And um, he actually trained some actors um, for like mixed martial arts, which was really cool. And uh, we just had a great conversation. Uh, and I, what I really liked was I kind of I asked him, like, does he feel pressure because his last name is Hagar? Mm. And he had a great answer for that. He said, at first, when I was growing up, I did. But now I don't really care if you like me or hate me just based on my last name. You know, I'm still going to be here. I'm going to do, you know, I'm, I'm going to be me. Uh, and if people want to judge me just based on my last name, they don't know me. Yeah. Yeah. He's made peace so, with the fact. Exactly. Exactly. And he's just so, so cool and just so down to earth. So those are my top five. It's a good list. It's good. Solid. Solid. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Don't die on me. I'll try not to. I'll try not to. It could happen. So uh, you might have to ask yourself the questions for the last few minutes. Well, I'm glad I don't yeah. know them. <laughs> favorite venues or locations, then, you know, you've done a lot of live shows. There has to be some favorites in there. 
All right, number one um, is uh, Motoblot in Chicago. That's at the Cobra Lounge, 235 North Ashland Avenue. The reason I know that address so well is that I, I say it in, when I have my live coverage. Um, that that venue is just so cool. The the uh, the staff is really nice, super accommodating. The guy who runs Motoblot is so cool. They have the classic bikes and cars, uh, and they got um, all the vet you know the vendors with the different food and different jewelry and T-shirts. Um, so they have all that. And the inside, I like the Cobra Lounge, like inside. Uh, it just got a cool vibe to it. I just, the whole aesthetic in there is cool. And that's what I really like about it as well. I would say, number, second, um, I mean, I, I you know, it, it's still Chicago, but the Riviera Theater, um, just again, just, I saw Alter Bridge earlier this year there. And I was like, man, that's a, that was cool. That was a cool. Band. I never thought I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll be interviewing a band. A band, a band here at this venue, mm-hmm. uh, and again, just so cool. Um, you know, uh, their their backstage was very nice, and um, just with with all that, it just looked looked so cool. And again, it's like I, I think it's old. I don't, not for sure, but it's like an old. I would say either opera house or something like that because it had like that kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might not be right, but that was the aesthetic they were going for. I think so. That was cool. So. Uh, I know I just listed two venues in Chicago, but uh, I love going to Chicago. Uh, obviously, the Chicago Cubs, which are uh, the major league affiliate of the South Bend Cubs, are based out of there as well. So I would say definitely um, those two venues, uh, just again, just their aesthetic and how you know, just how they look and um, the people there. I say definitely um, those two. So, but going back, I, I'm going to try to not be in Chicago for the next like two. I say, but I would say. Uh, definitely one. It's fortunate it's closed. It was the first ever in-person interview I did at a venue. It was at the Muse on Main in um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. That was the first time ever. And I, I really liked their aesthetic there. It was actually, it was a dry venue, so they did not have uh, alcohol. But they, they had soda. They had a soda bar, which was, they had like some very unique sodas there. So that was cool. But um, they had like orange carpeting for the stage and they had like uh, church pews for, for the seats. It was just, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. interesting. Yeah, so unfortunately, um, obviously with the economy and everything going on, plus some their business as well, that um, unfortunately they had to close down. Um, yeah. So, but it was that's a store just because it was the first venue I ever went to for an interview. Uh, you'll always remember that one. So, oh, I have oh, to ask, is there a, is there a target or a dream venue that you'd love to do an interview? Um, yeah, I I would say. Three come to mind. Uh, I'll go with an obvious one that, like, if you talk to like any, almost any musician, like the Whiskey Go Go. I know it's coming. Yeah, I mean, just to say that I did an interview at the Whiskey Go, and especially the intro for that, but like, hey, I am live here at the Whiskey Go Go. Mm. I mean, come on, that like, if you're in the music industry in any capacity, and like the Whiskey is not like on your list of venues to go to, then are you really in the music industry? Exactly, exactly. So that's number one, uh, for sure. The second one I've been to, but not as press. I just went for a show. It's the Agora Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar. No, no. So it was, um, it's a cool, it's like, it was a really cool looking venue. I think it was, a, again, it's a theater. So I think it, some, it was a theater at some point. Now it's a venue. Uh, mm-hmm. it, looked, it looked really cool on the inside. They've obviously re, uh, redid a lot of it. So it looks nice, but also... Uh, it was a historic like stop, um, 
for bands like going through that area like a kiss played there and like those legendary bands like of that caliber played in like the mid mid to late 70s hmm. it was really just like a great um location on your on your tour for those bands so a lot of history there as well nice nice i'll have to look it up and see what it's like yeah definitely check it out yeah um and it was cool i saw bayside there and it was a very fun show so i again love to do press there hope maybe at some point hey you never know you never know it's only about four hours for me so definitely do it yeah exactly exactly it's not like it's 12 or 15 hours you know oh well yeah like the whiskey i don't know how long that is for me but definitely a flight Uh, and the last one, I don't know if they really host concerts there or not, but uh, I went to the Field House in Indianapolis, Indiana. There, that's where the Pacers play. If anyone knows NBA, um, I just love to say I'm at the Field House. I, I, you know, Pacers are an awesome team. I do, I do like them. The Chicago Bulls are my favorite, but I have to show some love to the Pacers as well. And I went to a wrestling WWE wrestling show there recently, oh, and cool. uh, they tore up like you know they have the mats around the ring. Um, so the, there was a, it was a no disqualification match. The one dude like tore the mats up. He was going to slam the other guy. And I was like, that's the hardest surface. That's the field house. So, uh, so yeah, it, it would just be fun to say I'm at the field house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the final question, I've heard rumors that there's two articles of clothing that you will no longer wear to concerts. Would you like to share I wonder where you heard that from. Um, <laughs> I know rumors, whispers throughout the industry. Yeah, I wonder who's been talking to you. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so two of them, ironically, these both of these clothing articles of clothing uh, were at Rob Zombie concerts. <laughs> so uh, the first one was in 2016. I saw Rob Zombie in Corn, uh, which is a fantastic show, phenomenal. Uh, Rob Zombie, he was like walking through the crowd and he would like literally walk by our aisle. So that was cool. Uh, so that was a fun show. But um, I wore a Punisher shirt. And um, like as soon as I get out of the car, me and my brother walk into the venue, I see there's a dude with the same Punisher shirt. And then I'm like, oh man. Same. And I don't like when people wear the same shirt as me because then you just feel weird. Um, and then I walk in the venue and there's another guy with the same same shirt as me. So I'm like, all right, that's two guys. Yeah, so I think there wound up being three guys with the same shirt as me, <laughs> like pretty, like almost the exact same. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, all right, well, I can't wear this shirt anymore because, like, if I show up again, then like, there's gonna be like three or four dudes who still have the same shirt as me. So I've retired that. Sh- I'll still wear it, but just not to concerts. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then the one uh, actually just happened in August. I saw Rob Zombie again. Uh, for the second time with Alice Cooper Ministry and Filter. Oh, man. Which was fantastic. And also, by the way, on, on the, the time, the day that we're recording this, I'm actually seeing Alice Cooper again coming up soon. Uh, it'll be today, actually. Uh, nice. Anyway, so Rob Zombie was selling green and black hats that had that said Rob Zombie on it. And I was wearing, so it was like, you know, like a, it was like the trucker hat, so it's kind of like netting on the back mm. of it with the, then it's like the front is um, a logo. So it was green and black. I'm wearing a genuine Dickies sh- uh, uh, hat. That is the exact same pattern and color black and green. <laughs> so I'm like, what are the odds that I'm wearing a green and black hat at a place where they're selling green and black hats, except I just have a slightly, I have a different logo, but if you turn mm. it around, it looks like I have the same hat. 
So I'm like, I can't wear that again because everyone's going to mistake me that I'm wearing a uh, Rob Zombie hat. And they're going to get mad when it's not a Rob Zombie hat. <laughs> so oh, I do not wear those to, to any concert. Not even any anyone else other no. than Rob Zombie. No, I'm. When you see a sea of like thirty hats that look like yours, except they're just slightly different, you're like, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll save this for something else. <laughs> good ones, good ones. There's something weird with you and Rob Zombie, though. Twice, yeah. like, what are the chances? Yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I see him again. I'll have to see like what I'm gonna wear, and then someone's probably gonna copy me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, Matthew, listen, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. And again, thank you so much for thinking of me to especially guest host your uh, your podcast. It was awesome to see you and chat with you. And I really appreciate that you wanted to do this. And I'm glad you've uh, indulged my insanity that is Super Cool Radio. Which you, by the way, you could say you're a host of now. You could put that on your resume. Very, very good one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, do, do you want me to close out this interview? Because I do have my catchphrase. Or do you, you want to? You know what? No, I think I have to. Uh, I think Matthew okay. is the only one that can do the catchphrase justice. So take it away. I, I, I will do. Well, Brian, it's been awesome chatting with you. I really appreciate it. And I definitely look forward to hopefully catching up with you again in the near future, I would say. For Brian of Concerts That Made Us Podcast, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching or listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.